0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Thank you, Father. We so thank you um, that you are here with us and you're in us, all around us, you're amongst us. And thank you that we are gathered in your name. And wherever those are who are gathered online, they're here with us. They're gather, gathered in your name. And we thank you for your presence that is before us, behind us, all around us, and in us. We just acknowledge the person of the Holy Spirit, that he's the greatest teacher to reveal the word of God to our hearts this morning. We, we ask for the eyes of all our hearts to be flooded with light, that we may know the hope of our calling, in Christ Jesus and the inheritance that we have with all the saints and we're here with saints today. The inheritance that we have even in one another, the deposits of God in each other, we cherish and acknowledge today. And we thank you that we can trust you because you're reliable, you're faithful, and you can't deny who you are. You're always faithful. And we thank you and open our hearts to what you have to say to us personally this morning and reveal to us. And we purpose in our hearts that we're not just doers of the word. We're not casually living this life, but we're living it intentionally before you with your grace. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. If you agree with that, say amen.
1: Amen. Praise God. Well, Kenzie and I are going to take us through the word today and just asking the Lord what to put on our hearts um, for you guys. He loves you so much, and uh, yeah, we just wanted to receive something that was from him, and so we'll be uh, going through about the life of faith, the life of faith, and um, yeah, we, we wanted to see what that looks like, what, do, what does that look like, and, and how do we uh, walk out this life in faith, in Christ Jesus, and faith in God the Father, in the Holy Spirit, praise God, amen, that worship was so anointed, amen, so good just to declare the word of God over ourselves, over our families, praise God, a huge welcome to everyone that's watching online as well, Uh, yeah, praise God, we just know that his presence is just so here and it's, yeah.
0: I'm surprised you were all able to sit down after that worship. Yeah,
1: man, praise God.
0: You <laughs> managed well.
1: Yeah.
0: Hallelujah. Well, I, just as we were
1: preparing this week and I was reading through a couple of the, the, the Gospels and just some of the, the stories and the, the accounts of Jesus and his healing ministry and the miracles that he performed and I was just, oh, man, my faith was just getting so built up, amen? Because he never changes, amen? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that you read about in the scriptures is the same Jesus at work in each and every one of your lives, amen? amen. Praise God. You might be wondering why I'm holding my hand up today, resting it a little bit. I I was at work, and I had a, a, a funny accident. Uh, it wasn't really funny, it hurt a lot. <laughs> but actually, yeah, we were up on this roof, and I, I kinda, it was one of those tin roofs, and it got a bit slippery. When the paint starts to dry, it makes this mm-hmm. kinda dusty surface, and it's really easy for your feet to slip. And I slipped, and, and I, I ended up stopping myself from falling off the roof with a uh, one of the rails that was sticking out, and it got itself nice and uh, deep up my hand. Um, so I couldn't play guitar today, or uh, I wanted to very much. And I was going to bring some photos as well to show you, but it's nearly lunchtime, so I've got to leave a bit of time for that to settle. If you came to the morning service, I would have shown you. But praise God, nothing hinders the preaching of the word. Amen. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord for His word. Um,
0: He's earning his stripes as a tradie. Yeah. That's what that is.
1: <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, it was actually funny because it, it's nice when you when you work with a boss that's a Christian. And Mitch, our, he's our young adults pastor, and uh, he safely took me off the off the roof. And kind, I was kind of like like I felt like one of those soldiers in World War II. And you know, Mitch Mitch could just put two of those uh, two bolts on my eyes and just say rest myself. <laughs> but yeah, he prayed for me, and uh, we. Uh, I was, it was tempting, you know, when things happen. You're like, "Oh, well, what should I do? What should I do?" The Lord just caused me to be still, and He caused Mitch to be still, and just to minister peace and pray for mercy, and just the healing power of God to flood my body and my pain receptors because it was lodged pretty deep. And if you, if you want to see it, just go ask me for some photos. <laughs> he can, he can show you some good ones. Um, but yeah, praise God as we. Were, us lying there just so aware of the presence of god and like um like you can know god as your healer but then it becomes fresh again when you're walking through something again oh man it was so good like i honestly felt no pain i didn't feel anything and um yeah we i'd look at it and i was like it looks bad but i don't feel anything and I knew that the mercy of God was at work in my body. The Holy Spirit that quickens my mortal body was flowing through it, quickening it, and um, it was just so good. Uh, we, uh, we ended up, uh, we ended up finishing the job, praise God, and uh, drove safely down. I, I didn't want to be in hospital at the Sunshine Coast. I wanted to be closer to Kenzie and not so uh, detached from civilization. Sorry if you're watching from Sunshine Coast, but um, yeah. It's, it's good to be back home and in Logan with family. And uh, yeah, my faith was so stirred on Jesus as the healer. And I was reading some of these uh, stories in the Gospels and um, just seeing the accounts and reading them again. And it says this faith in Jesus starts stirring again that he is the one who can do all things. All things are possible through him. Amen. And uh, let's go through, if you could turn with me to Mark chapter 1. And it's a story about, it's a story about um, the leper coming to Jesus. And uh, I'll just skim read it, because it's kind of touching on my points, but it's, you know, it's just so good to read about Jesus, amen? A leper came to him, uh, in chapter, uh, verse 40, a leper came to him pleading with him and kneeling before him saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's, it's cool that he knew that, this leper knew that Jesus was able. He knew that he had the power to do it. And he just wanted to be assured that Jesus was willing. And Jesus says, I am, <laughs> I'm willing, I'm so willing, yes. I, and, uh, And Jesus, moved with compassion, extended his hand to him and touched him and said to him, I will. Be clean. And as soon as he had spoken, the the leprosy immediately departed from him, and he was cleansed. He sternly warned him and sent him away at once, saying, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer you cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news around so that Jesus could no more openly enter the city, but was out in the remote places and they came to, to him from every quarter. Sometimes when, when the Lord does something for you, you just can't help, hey? Just can't help but tell your friends and your family about his goodness, but how he's changed something in your life and how he's done something for you. And the same was uh, true in this guy's case. Jesus said, don't tell anyone. (laughs) He goes, the first thing he does, guys, see my skin. (laughs) Yeah, you just, you can just sense the excitement. And uh, Going on into chapter 2, it says, again, he entered Capernaum for some days and it was reported that he was in the house and immediately many people, many were gathered together so that there was no room to receive them. So, Imagine this Jesus just heals someone out and whoop whoop and he's uh, he's coming back home and because this one leper tells uh, well, no more is he a leper but he tells people about Jesus he tells them, oh man this guy he was preaching and he we just believed what he said and I went up and I asked him, dude if you could heal me I'll be healed and and then I just got my healing and so he he spread that throughout and until there's a crowd, there's a mob waiting at home for Jesus, because they're so excited to witness this power in action. They're so excited to hear what this man has to say. And um, I, I just love that, that there was a whole crowd of people that just swarmed Jesus' house, that there was no room to receive them. And, and I love that expectancy when When you hear a testimony of someone going through something and they come out on the other side and it just stirs faith that you believe that Jesus can do the same for your own life, amen? It's so good, it's so good. It's so good to testify and give testimony of the power of Jesus. And um, I I just love it. It's like from this one guy being healed, there was a whole swarm of people that were queuing up to get a hold of that power. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, okay. And If we go to Mark 5, we see more of this demonstration of the power of Jesus at work. I love how there was an expectancy being built up in the people that gathered and there's an expectancy. In the, uh, sorry, going back to Mark chapter 2, it, it tells a story of, of four friends that took their paralyzed friend up uh, up to the house where Jesus was ministering because the people were, it was packed like sardines Um, and there was no space, no room and these guys just decided we're going to tear the roof of this place imagine if Pastor Tony, Pastor Betsy one of them's preaching and all of a sudden you hear someone's lifting off one of these tin panels and before you know it the daylight breaks through and there's four guys peeping their heads up yep it's big enough, they start (laughs) lowering him down through this hole that's what expectancy looks like. When you are sure that Jesus can heal you, you will tear the roof of any place just to get close to him. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Amen. And we, we are looking in, uh, in Mark 5, chapter, uh, ver- chapter 5, verses 21. We see the story of Jairus. Um, And the woman that touched Jesus' garment. Mm -hmm. And uh, it says, when Jesus had crossed again by boat to the other side, many people gathered to him, and he was beside the sea, one of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus saw Jesus and came and fell at his feet and earnestly asked him, he said, my little daughter is at the point of death. I ask you that you would come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him. I love just that statement alone. It tells us a lot about where his expectancy was at. He said, if you can just come and lay your hands on her, she will live. What faith. Faith. That, that confession was actually a mouthing of the belief he had in his heart. The word says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When Jairus said that to Jesus, he was fully convinced that all Jesus had to do was lay his hands on his daughter, and she would live.
2: Mm.
1: Praise God. And so Jesus, reading on in verse 24, So Jesus went with him, and many people followed him and pressed on him. And a certain woman had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had suffered much under many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she heard of Jesus, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind him and touched his garments. For she said, if I may touch his garments, I shall be healed. As I was reading this story, um, I was just reminded of what that may be like. Because sometimes we, we read the story top to bottom and it almost feels instantaneous. Um, it almost feels like it was like that. But you see, like, for 10, for 12 years, this this woman lived with this condition. It was a condition. If you have something for 12 years, 12 years is a pretty long time. You think you have that forever. I know um, there have been times, there was this one time um, a couple of years ago, I was... Uh, Showing a couple of symptoms of being sick and it didn't leave. And I was wondering, like, it's probably only like a month or something, but I was like, Lord, am I going to have this forever? But it's like 12 years. 12 years. She'd have this bleeding that would happen. And, you know, maybe she'd go to one of the, the town physicians and they'd say, Oh, all you got to do is just boil this leaf, drink this water two times a day, and stop the thing right out. And she might think, oh, you know, maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Banking all her hopes on mere men. And then all of a sudden one day she'd just feel the bleeding start again. That hope that she had in some medication or some doctor would just vanish. The trickle of blood, a cramp, whatever it may be, would just suck the life out of her hope. Of her faith, but when she heard people in the town talking about Jesus, she might have heard her neighbors, she might have heard her friends, family members, that um, would have encountered the power of God through Jesus, would have encountered the, the miracles and the healing power of God, and she would have heard about them and said, "Oh man, if I can, if I can just." touch him. If I can just get close to him, I shall be healed. Anytime she might have been preparing dinner for her family or friends, and she feels that, she'd think to herself, if I can just get close to that man that they told me about, I will be healed. She might be laying awake in in the middle of the night, and it starts acting up again, and she feels the trickle of blood, and she might think, if I could just get close to him, I shall be made whole. I shall be healed. And she said that. The word of God says that she said to herself. She believed it in her heart, and she spoke it out. Continuing on. She she said to herself, if I may touch his garments, I shall be healed. And immediately, her hemorrhage dried up, And she felt in her body that she was healed of affliction. And at once, Jesus knew within him that power had gone out of him. Mm -hmm. He turned around and said, who touched my garments? And it says that he was packed. There was lots of people, but there was someone that had a special transaction on his power. Someone had expectancy in his power. Someone who said, if I can just get close to him, Close enough would be close enough for me to get healed. Some of you showed up today, you might have had a big busy week, but you said to yourself, if I can just get close enough, if I can just hear the word, if I can just worship God with the saints, something's going to happen. That's why you're sitting here today. You're expectant in him. Not expectant in Kenzie and I, but you came to see Jesus and you came to encounter his presence, his power, his life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And at once Jesus knew within him that power had gone out of him. He turned around and said, Who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressed against you, and you say, Who touched me? Mm. And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the entire truth. He said to her, Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Thank you, Jesus, for being the healer today. Thank you, Lord. I love that, that all it took was just to hear about what Jesus does, what Jesus can do, and that was enough for her to have this expectancy on the character of Jesus, expectancy on the character of God, and... Many times, I know that I've complicated my faith so much. I, we have a, a way of wanting to figure out how everything works sometimes, and it's good. But sometimes when with something so simple, anytime Jesus talks about faith, he describes it so simply. He puts it in the simplest words. He gives it the most simple analogies. And uh, there have been times when I try to figure out, Lord, how does... How does faith work? And there's some really good tools and how to how to exercise your faith and how to operate it. But faith is so simple; it really is. It's it's faith is just trusting in God. That's all it is. Believing in Him. Believing in Him. It's more than just positive thinking. It, positive thinking is it's tied to some loose thing. We, uh, I, I I have a person around me, a, a colleague who he's. He's kind of one of those universe people, and he's like, oh, bro, put it out there. Send it out to the universe. It's going to come back. And I love this guy so much. It's been so nice getting to know him and getting to be loved love to him and show who God is to him. And The thing with that kind of thinking is it's not tied to anything. It's a wish, and it's, that's what separates the household of faith from wishful thinking, positive thinking. It's grounded in a person. It's grounded in God. And uh, one thing when you, when you journey with God, as we, as we talk today about the life of faith, is the longer you journey with him, you become so acquainted with his ways. The Bible tells us how, how Israel knew the works of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. You can, know, you can know someone's behavior, but when you know their heart, you know the way they do things, It's a deeper understanding, and it builds a different kind of faith, and uh, we're going to talk today about that that faith that helps you carry on amidst whatever may be burdening you or weighing you down, and um, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20, the story here is there's a, uh, a boy that's possessed with a demon, and he'd have seizures and epileptic uh, fits, and he would fall into fire and hot water and hurt himself, and the disciples, they tried to um, to cast out, out this uh, this demon, this spirit. And, um, yeah, they bring him to Jesus, and Jesus rebukes the spirit and casts it out. And they, uh, in verse... Uh, Verse 16, uh, the father of the child says, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Then Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and, and he came out of him, and the child was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast him out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for I say to you, truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And I love that. It's so simple, it kind of goes to show that they didn't even have a mustard seed. If you have a Think about this and hold out your hand in front of you just so you can see it. I want you to imagine a mustard seed sitting in there. Um, kind of rolls around. It's tiny. It's a small measurement. If Jesus could say the tiniest thing would make you be able to speak to this mountain, be moved. And um, he. sometimes I think when we complicate the operation of our faith, we, we think that the part God has given us is almost the biggest part when really all he has given us is just to believe, only believe how many times in the word does Jesus say to the person that comes to him, only believe that's all you have to do, mustard seed, only believe she shall be made well only believe and you shall be made well and um, I love that because on the other end of that, of we might be holding the mustard seed, but on the other end of that mustard seed is a mountain-moving God. On the end of your mustard seed is a God who does miraculous things. And the thing that he might have asked you to do is a mustard seed. You be faithful with that mustard seed. Um, I, I work as a, a solar installer, um, and... Um, Sometimes when you're up on the roof, uh, I'm really new on the ropes, but my, my bosses, they, they tell me if, the, if you're holding that panel on the roof and the wind takes it, it's hot. It's so big to hold on to. These things, they weigh about 20 kilos, and if the wind takes you, it's like a sail. You, know, you just sail off the roof. Yeah. Um, and you'll sort of parachute down, hopefully, but it's heavy, so once you get past the roof, you're gone. <laughs> but um, it's so heavy to hold, it's big, it's awkward. But Jesus says mustard seed, it's, it's small and it's simple to grasp. The thing with, if you're going to hold a mustard seed is you have to hold tightly. The word says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal that mustard seed that you have in your hand. He wants to steal it and take it from you. He wants to steal that faith you have in that mustard seed. Hold tightly to that mustard seed. You might think, why is this guy talking about mustard seeds? Yeah, but it's a, it's a picture of a small, simple thing that can be so mighty. The, the mustard seed, even though it's a, such an insignificant seed, it grows into a mighty tree, but it also has many uses and um yeah it's i love how jesus so simplifies faith he makes it so simple so simple so simple and when uh you can see uh when these people hear about jesus they get familiar with what he can do they they start to put faith in what they heard people say about jesus they uh start to build an expectancy um, on him and and they start to back not just what their part, but they believe in his part. What's Jesus going to do when I get there? They're so assured in their hearts when they get into the room with him, that thing that's been bothering them for 12 years, however long, since birth, blind since birth, it's just going to pop off away. That's what expectancy in Christ Jesus Expectancy in his power, expectancy in his ability, and... Uh, I'm reminded of, of uh, three Melbourne Storm players who, because uh, I'm a big footy fan for anyone that knows me. Um, and these three players, they, they knew each other in and out. And they play for my probably least favorite team. But they're so good. Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, and Cooper Crunk. And uh, these guys, when the game is on in the heat of the battle, these guys played with each other so long that they knew each other's game, they knew each other's ability, They knew each other's plays. They knew each other's tricks. And so no matter what the scoreboard looked like, they knew, one of the players would know, if I just put a kick long enough, if I just let it set and land in there, the other guy's going to run and chase it, and he's going to score it right before the ball goes dead. They backed each other's ability. They, They knew each other so long, they had played with each other for countless seasons in the same team. And the same is with God. You become so aware of how he shows up. You, when when you hear that doctor's report, or when you hear the, uh, when you see those bills in the mail, it it kind of puts a pressure on you to sometimes doubt. But then you remember, you remember that your God is faithful. You trust his ability. You trust that he's going to get there right in time, and he's going to get you out to the other side. Praise God. Amen. So there are just some. Some little mustard seeds um, that I want to just, uh, they're small but they're so important to hold on to in this life of faith that we live. Small mustard seeds, but they can send the devil running. If you want to write these down, number one, and I, I just, these dropped into my heart this morning when I woke up, so I don't have any slides, but number one is that God is real. It's a small mustard seed, but it it means victory if you hold on to it tightly. God is real. Another one, God is present. Another one, God hears you. And you, as I name these, as I drop these, you probably thought of 15 other mustard seeds you can hold on to in the middle of the fire, in the place where there's no rest. It's mustard seeds. Praise the Lord
0: yeah I love that we 've just been looking at the life of jesus and um something interesting that i f- I find fascinating is whenever Jesus crossed to um, after he fed like the five thousand it says he he hid him he tucked himself away and again, like Andrew was saying he was found <laughs> he was found and um in this they they found him and he said you you 've come to me because you were fed and um and he's, they, he starts explaining, he's like, you didn't come for me to me for the miracles that you saw. You came because you your belly's left full. And they start asking him about the works of God. Well, teacher, how can we do the works of God? And all he says is, and you can just hear the almost earnestness in his voice. He said, this is the work of God, that you what? Believe mm. on Him whom He has sent, and I just love that story of the woman with the issue of blood. That she's really the woman who was healed from the issue of blood, <laughs> yeah. but we always label them by what they had. But really, they're la- she's labeled healed. Praise yes. God. But uh, I love that um, she didn't come as like a skeptic or to critique or um, I'm just going to go suss this Jesus out. You know, it took a lot of effort for her. Mm to get to where he was, and she didn't come to spectate. I love that about faith, is that it lays down, it, it lays aside even what you may look like to people, your reputation. Faith is just so unabashed about how how, how one pursues God, just like those men who were who were leveled down through the roof. It was like, I don't even care what I look like to people right now. I am going to get to Jesus. Mm. And I love that, that we can do that too. These aren't just stories to be read and be like, yeah, that's great for someone else. That's an amazing story. And then we leave it at that. We're talking about the life of faith that's right. for ourselves. And we each have our own unique journey. And I love that the life of Jesus, at least his ministry, and it was recorded. But it wasn't just ministry itself. He just lived a life before the Father with a really clear purpose of why he came to earth. And a lot of times, as we've been singing today, at the cross I bow my knee, we commemorate his death, and rightly so. But we also are to commemorate his life, the journey of faith that Jesus had to walk, even how he said at the cross, Father, into your hands I commit thee. That's an act of faith. He had to trust God that God would raise him up from the dead. Jesus himself, to the very end of his life, walked by faith in the Father. And he made a way so we could too. And the way he lived his life, every step of faith he took on his journey to the cross and ultimately to rise again, It was to show us that we can too. Mm. It was. It wasn't casual, his life, and our lives aren't casual either. Can we say that? My life isn't casual. My life life is purposeful. purposeful. And um, so we're going along here on the life of faith, the journey of faith, and Andrew is really just breaking down what is faith. Faith is faith in God. Faith in God. It's that simple. There's, no, there's not much more to it. And we see an outline um, of kind of what it looks like in Hebrews 11, verse 1. Amazing. It says, it says this. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, just like that woman. She was, her expectancy was in Jesus And before she even touched the hem of his garment, she knew that she had her healing. Mm -hmm. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She was already healed in her heart. She saw it. She just knew that she had to act on it, act on that belief. And it says, here we'll continue on, being the proof of things we don't see, the conviction of their reality Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the sen- senses. She had symptoms in her body, telling her all kinds of things, but in her heart she had a conviction of the reality of the healer. That she wasn't just going to him to receive a healing, even though it's a huge part of it. She's like, no, the healer is who I'm to go to. And out of that, my healing will come. And, you know, I was thinking about this, how faith is is... The substance, one translation says, of things that we hope for. How is faith a substance? Faith has body to it. It's, it's, there's fabric to faith. It's a substance. And I was thinking about how the promises of God aren't just promises. Or else they would be empty. Who spoke them? Who gave substance to those promises? God did. The substance of our faith is God. It's God. It's not faith and faith itself or faith mechanics, even though we praise God for that. He's the substance of our faith, He's the substance of our healing, He's the substance of our hope. He's the substance of our help.
1: Praise God.
0: And that's why we can perceive as real fact. Because the Bible, interestingly enough, it, it oftentimes will acknowledge that God is an invisible God. Isn't that an interest, interesting attribute of God? To note that he's invisible. Because we know God is spirit. And so it started to make me think of him um, Parallel universes going a little bit sci fi here. Bear with me. And if you put up that photo, we're here, okay, on this bottom picture. Well, that'll be us for the sake of this analogy. I tell you what, though, there's a whole reality going on in the spirit right now that we can't see with these eyes. There is a God who you've encountered who's revealed himself to you personally. That's our reality as Christians, even here on the earth. That's what the life of faith looks like. It's quite amazing. That's our God. And so the promises of God, they're yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We were acknowledging that earlier. They're actually already there in that top photo If you were to liken that city to the city of God, to God Himself, they're actually already there. That's right. And that's why we teach when it's finished, when Jesus purchased it, He said, It's finished. Your healing is actually already available. Your help, your hope. Why? Because God's our substance. And even though He's invisible, We've encountered him with the eyes of faith in our hearts. How many of you remember when you gave your life to Jesus? And in that moment, he became more real to you than your past, more real to you than the people next to you, even in worship, if you've ever been in worship. And he's more real than what's happening amongst you. That's the life of faith we have the privilege to live. And it's amazing because it affects us practically. Those things that are here in God, when we simply believe him, they manifest here in this reality that we're in. And it's so reassuring because even though we may be facing something, that's not our ultimate reality. We can actually go to the word of God, the one who spoke it, be like, God, I know this is real. This is my reality. And it's amazing. You get to see it come to pass. And I love that the whole chapter of Hebrews 11 is is a record of men and women who just trusted God. The whole Bible is is... Just amazing interactions between God and man, man to God. And we see here, I love this um, fellow in particular, his name's Enoch, where he walked so closely to God that he pleased God, the Bible says, but so much so he was just walking and he didn't even taste death. He literally just walked on into heaven. There's different kinds of closeness you can have. Just like how Andrew was saying, they just wanted to come and touch Jesus, get near him. Mm. There's times when you know you can follow him at a distance, but there's this beautiful invitation, just like the disciple John at the Last Supper. He didn't just want to sit next to Jesus. That wasn't close enough for him. He nestled in. Mm. And he's like, I'm your favorite. <laughs> I know I'm your favorite, too. <laughs> and he just nestled in. And it's interesting, because right after the Bible mentions Enoch, in verse 5, Hebrews eleven five, it says in verse 6, For without faith it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must believe that he exists. We believe that he exists, Amen. He's an invisible God to these eyes, but he exists, and he's more real. Oh, my goodness, because this life is so temporary, mm. but we have the privilege of living this life knowing that he exists. Mm.
1: Praise God. It's incredible. And just to add in with that, how it says that when you come to him and you, you believe that he is, it's it, it's it sounds so simple, but it... It takes quite a bit to believe that he's there because we can't see him. I love that in Exodus three, we see Moses and he's uh, out tending his sheep, and uh, he he comes across the the burning bush, and he's asking the Lord. You know, the Lord gives him this mandate to go and set his people free, and, and he goes, "How? Who do I say sent me?" And God says. I am, Mm -hmm. he is, when you come to him, you believe that he is, and his name to us is I am, he wants you to know today, he's present, God are you there, I am, that's his Mm -hmm. name, God are you the healer, are you my healer, I am, are you my provider, I am, praise God.
0: That's so good, and You know, it's so true, because I love that all these people, in Hebrews 11, it says um, that they actually, in verse, I believe it's 13, it says that all these people died controlled and sustained by their faith. Mm. Not only do we get to be saved and start our journey in God, we actually get to finish Our journey in God and they both need grace to do just as freely we've been saved by his grace well by his grace we continue on and finish our course (laughs) and um, I it gives an explanation Um, I'll jump forward to Hebrews 12 verse 1 so how did these people die by their faith, and that they were sustained by their faith? How did they do the journey? So it says here, therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight. Can you say unnecessary weight? And that sin which so readily and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run, just say let us run. let us run, with patient endurance and steady and active persistence, the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Mm. And to, to bring it to all together today, I really, really felt in my heart um, that we are all at different points in our journey, and we still have an appointed course ahead of us, don't we? And I felt it may not be everyone, just maybe a few. But there are some people that have been carrying unnecessary weights, and it's been heavy. I don't know if you've ever seen Pilgrim's Progress or read it. I love this story so much. It was written over three centuries ago, and the main character, his name is Graceless. Isn't that an interesting name? And, anyways, he has this huge load on his back that he just wants to get rid of. And so he's journeying along, journeying along, and he encounters all these different people with different names, and they try to distract him or tempt him away, and like one guy's name is Mr. Legalist. So he's like, oh, it's by your works, you're saved. And he's like, I don't think that's right. So he keeps going along, and then Mr. World, worldly View comes along and tries to give him a worldview. Oh, do whatever you want it's fine. There's no God. And then you have atheists come along and no, no, no. All these people. Finally, he gets to the cross. (laughs) He gets to the cross. And it's interesting because if you watch the 1970s film version of it, okay, (laughs) I like that version, but it's not everyone's (laughs) cup of tea. I know it's not very modern. But anyways, when he gets to the cross, he sees Jesus and Jesus is on there and it's saying Isaiah 53 that, you know, surely he's borne our griefs, carried our, our diseases, our sorrows, and etc. and by his stripes you're healed. And then it goes to Jesus saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Graceless suddenly says, Father, forgive me. And he gets saved. And the whole load comes off. And he, the Lord gives him a robe of righteousness. And he's not carrying all that sin anymore and shame or just passed, and the story continues where he is tempted to pick up the load again, and that load can look different for everyone, and so he's tempted to do it, but I tell you what, he ends up finishing his course (laughs) through many different, you know, people coming along and trying to pull him every which way, but he also meets people called Grace, he meets someone called Faithful. And he ends up encountering these people who, who are attributes of God. And so I felt, I just really felt today that, that there's maybe some things that you picked up that you didn't need to on your journey of faith that, that will only hinder you. And so what are some things that we can do, is I'll have to really fly through these, is, number one, you can write this down as well. Says, says, um, for one, remember what God has done in your life. Actually remember it. The whole Bible is a record of what God's done. Amen. So record what God's done in your life personally, what he said to you, how he's brought you through something or a promise he gave you. Rekindle those things and they'll fuel your faith. And then number two, take communion. <laughs> It's not a religious act. It's not a legal act that we do. Just speaking of remembering him, Jesus exhorted us to do this in remembrance of me, that we get to remember if you've picked up the guilt of your sin that has already been forgiven, remember his blood. Remember that he took in his own body your sicknesses, your sins, your shame, your disappointments, your griefs. He's surely born all that. Take communion <laughs> and fellowship with him. Number three, cast your cares in unnecessary weights. Cast them. Cast them. We know this verse really well, but it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting the whole of your care. Say, all your anxieties. Say, all my worries. All my concerns. Once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. And as we n- near the end of 2020, remember the good he's done this year. It's been quite the year. Remember the good. But I believe, I just felt in my heart, people are tired. Either they're tired, they're like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in this rat race of doing the same thing and I'm just worn out by it. Or it could be carrying disappointments. Maybe things didn't go the way that you expected, or you're facing the unexpected. God doesn't want you to carry those things today. He doesn't. It could be your family, or your children, or their welfare, or your finances, or what does God have for me next? There could be all kinds of cares, and those become unnecessary weights. And so, everyone, can we do this together and just cast some cares over to the Lord today? Do you believe he's he's here? He wants to take them. He wants to take them. So bow your heads. Close your eyes. We just so thank you, Father that we can come to you in full assurance of faith, knowing that you exist and that you promised, you promised that we can give you our cares. Why? Because you care for us. And so right now we present ourselves to you. There's a whole life ahead, there's years ahead of us, Lord. And where some have felt tired and worn out or disappointed or ashamed that we can come to you today and surrender it all that we can continue on by your grace and walk on into glory and so right now and just for 20 30 seconds just give some cares over to him privately under your breath what's been on your mind if you don't have any just pray in the spirit <laughs> Lord, just give it over to Him. He's your burden bearer, and He will carry you. He is your answer for whatever you're facing, and He always causes you to triumph. Praise you, Jesus. wholeness in your body as well just receive that actually can we take the bread before we finish if if not just remember his body I hear all your packets (laughs) praise the Lord (laughs) hallelujah we remember you we remember you Lord We thank you that you're the bread of life. You're the bread of life. You're faithful to perfect that which concerns us. Hallelujah. If you any sickness and things going on in your stomach, digestive, receive that healing today. Receive it in your knees, in your joints. Receive healing today from the healer. It's yours. If you need peace today, and every day onward, he's your Prince of Peace today. That crown of thorns that pierced his skull and shed blood for you, it was so that you can have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's take. Thank you,
2: Lord.
1: Praise the Lord. Just as we take the cup this morning, uh, in John 7, Jesus says in verse 37, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Just as Kenzie was saying, these burdens, sometimes you feel like you're so dry. Today, as we partake of him and his blood, the blood of Jesus, we believe that as we drink of this, the life of God will flow through you and the areas that you may have seen as being dead or tired or dry. From it, your Lord says that out of you shall flow rivers and we declare a season of life flowing from you that whatever comes from your hands, whatever you set your hands to will prosper because of the life you drink from today. Hallelujah. Let's partake of it this morning.
0: Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord hallelujah can you just lift up your hands and thank him that he's heard you thank you Jesus that we don't have to beg beg to be heard fight to be heard but you we have your attention we thank you for hearing us today and that you're carrying us and giving us grace to do your will we praise you today in Jesus name amen Love you all very much, and that does conclude our service. But it doesn't conclude your race <laughs> and His work in your life. Yeah, we just so believe in the work of God that He's doing, and praise, praise You, Lord. Yeah, let's trust Him this week, hey? There's just so much good He has. Amen. Could we all stand to our feet this morning?
1: Let's confess in line with what we heard today, Hallelujah. Put your hand over your heart this morning. Say, Lord, I believe.
0: Lord, I believe.
1: I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in your work in me. I believe in your work
0: in me. I believe it is
1: a good work.
0: I believe it's a good
1: work. I believe that you are.
0: I believe that you are.
1: I believe that you exist. I
0: believe that you exist.
1: I believe that you want to be involved in my life. I believe
0: that you want to be involved in my life. Hallelujah. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rama.org.au.